you have your Bible, open them for just a few moments to Psalm 36 and verse 7. This is one of my favorites. And if you hang around me very long, you're going to find out I have thousands of favorites. This is, but this is one of them, okay? Hallelujah. This stands out to me every time I read it because we, ha- we know how much God honors faith and we know how much faith honors God. And so faith is stimulated by understanding clearly without a semblance of shadow of doubt the kind of love that God loves you with. The New Testament speaks of the faith faith that worketh by love. Faith is stimulated in you by love. It's not just God's integrity. It's his love. Yes, his word. You can't take the word and just sanitize it, separate it from his heart. You need to know something about his heart. And that's why toward you. And that's why. and, And Pentecostals basically come from a power focused background. Amen. There's power in the blood, and there is. You receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Absolutely. The Holy Spirit brings you miracle working ability and power to be and power to do. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible said God wanted us to know by revelation his power to usward who believe which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And we as Pentecostals believe that power Through the Holy Spirit, baptism is available to you and to me today. But faith does not come by receiving this power or focusing on this power. In fact, the the author of this power, you receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. What the Bible say when he comes, what he would do, would he speak of himself to get you to focus on the power? Sometimes we even think of the power and we forget the person of the Holy Spirit. That he's a person. We're to speak of him as a person. Amen. When he comes, he'll testify of me. He'll point to me. Amen. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We think it's magic. We think if we just read the scriptures, faith is going to come as a force. I'm going to tell you, if you've got faith categorized as a force within you, you're touching on mysticism and Eastern religions. Faith is not a force in you. Faith is a father that's faithful to you. This is not Star Wars. This is, this is spiritual truth and fact. And the reason faith cometh is not because of promises. Faith is stimulated by promises to be activated. Say it with me. Faith is stimulated by promises to be activated. You find a promise, you stand on the word. Because God is faithful, yes. But faith doesn't come by standing on promises or reading promises. Because a promise from anyone, God or anybody else is only as good as the person who made it. God loves you with a steadfast love, with an unshakable love. And he doesn't love you with the kind of 
romantic love that just flares up for a while and then begins to die down. He loves you by covenant. By covenant. The Old Testament is what? The Old Covenant. The New Testament is the New Covenant. It's in covenant language. Holy Communion is about a new covenant established with His own blood. A better covenant established on... Oh, i got to just stop here just for a moment. The Old Covenant, can I just talk... Southern. How many Southerners do we have here? How many transplant from North are here? I know you says, amen, because you come from New Jersey. So I know you guys. How about you? Are you Key West? You a Southern. You a Southern girl. Amen. Praise God. Called Anyway, I won't even go into all of that, but I'm going to talk Southern to you in a few minutes if I can get back to where I was. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is not what we got introduced to. I couldn't wait to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because I knew there was more to God than just going to church and going through the motions. I had encountered Jesus personally. Amen. My wife encountered him in the living room of our home personally over an Easter weekend. And I couldn't wait to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And I sought him for power. Amen. I I wanted to be able to speak in tongues like everybody else in the church. Amen. I wanted, if there's any gift of the Spirit, I wanted it. Amen. Covet earnestly. Nothing wrong with that. The best gifts. But this is not about gifts and just power. The reason faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, because it's through the Word of God, by the Holy Spirit, revealing supernaturally. Listen, it's through the Word of God that we get to know God himself. If you read about Jesus in the New Testament, he's going to always, he talked about the Father so much that they said, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. It suffices. He said, if you've been with me this long and you still haven't seen the Father, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Amen. In other words, if God was a man, where you could begin to conceive of the infinite, I'm the man. I can show you the Father, His person, His personality, His heart, who He is, not just that distant God that you can't come to know intimately and personally. He fleshed Him out. He showed us. The Bible literally said He brought Him out. In the Greek, he, he brought him out to where we could begin to conceive the inconceivable, understand that that is beyond our understanding, and to know the love that passes knowledge. Well, if it passes knowledge, amen. Uh, listen, folks, some of us wouldn't have any problem. Our brains can't handle it. You may have a big old brain. Then again, you may have a tiny brain. I used to get those brain freezes from, from eating ice cream too fast or drinking a, something too fast, you know, cold. And I'd get a brain freeze. And I always told my wife, well, it didn't hurt long because I have a small brain. 
But then I've met people since then that would never have to worry about brain-eating zombies. They'd be completely safe around brain-eating zombies. No matter how intelligent you are, and don't look at each other when I say that because everybody looking at somebody. The ugh. Sherry, have mercy on him. Show him some mercy. He's going to need a lot of mercy. Our minds can't comprehend except Jesus show us and the Holy Spirit reveal. So how excellent, therefore, did I give you the psalm? Psalm 36, 7. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Look at the stimulant of knowing God and knowing his heart and experiencing and receiving by faith his love of his person for you. How excellent, therefore, is thy loving kindness, O God. If you've got another translation, it will translate that, his steadfast love. Say it with me. His steadfast love. Praise God. I'm so glad there's a lot of things that can be shaken. But this is the unshakable part of God's person that absolutely cannot and will not be shaken. The Bible said everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. Everything. So that that which cannot be shaken might remain. There's something positive coming out of this negative. We're in that shaking and we're in that sifting time. Every Christian that isn't wholly devoted to Christ, I'm telling you in this shaking time, if you can be shaken, you're going to be shaken. So that what? So that the true church can emerge from all of this hypocrisy and all of this compromise. Can you say, man, there's a true church. There are people that have not and will not bow their knees to Baal. Amen. They still serve the living and true God. They're not looking for a church that tells them it's okay to sin, but one that shows them the way out of sin. Can you say, man, they're not looking for a church to entertain them, but to challenge them. Like we were challenged last Sunday to deepen our devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But the steadfast love of God will always remain. And every, every part of your salvation, every part of His love and covenant with Israel is coming from something in His person. And the word that all of these other words that are so wonderful, powerful, and beautiful come from is H-E-S-E-D. A Hebrew word about that that is in the very essence of God. Hasid. It's pronounced Hasid. That in the Jewish. Hasid. It's almost like you're clearing your throat, help you remember it. Hasid. And it's the steadfast love of God. Loving kindness. Mercy. Grace all flow from this one single element of the very person of God himself. If you think about it, Jesus is trying to hook us up with the Father. He's pointing to the Father. He's pointing to the Father. 
He said, heretofore to his disciples, they always ran to Jesus, but he said, heretofore you've asked the Father nothing in my name. Ask that you might receive so that your joy might be full. I do not say, now when he said, I do not say that I shall pray for you, doesn't mean that he's not a high priest interceding, but he's interceding for us so that we can deal directly through him with the Father. Not substitute him for the Father, but come to the Father through him. When you pray, you start your prayer like this, an acknowledgement of your reconciled relationship with God himself through Christ. Our what? Our Father. Get this force thing out of your mind. Can you say man? I know some faith teacher that you may highly respect talks about the force of faith. Listen, it's not by might. It's not by power. But by my spirit, saith the Lord, that the mountain that's before you becomes a plain. That didn't happen because of a force within Zerubbabel. Can you say amen? It happened because of the faithfulness of God. If you say to this mountain, be not removed and doubt not in your heart that what you say, it's not the force of faith within you. It's the father that moves that. It's the spirit of God himself that moves that. What happens if your faith in your faith shakes? What happens if your faith in the, in the force within you falters? Then you have no recourse. Amen. The shield comes down. The fiery darts come through. The shield of faith is not a force that comes from reading promises. It is a revelation of a person who never changes. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm the Lord God of Israel and I what? I change not. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness, neither a shadow. There's not a possibility, even a remote possibility, that the God of Israel and the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and Jacob and your God and mine will ever change one little bit. And that's why the Bible said that Abraham didn't stagger at the promise because of what he knew about the person. Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, bringing glory to God. Because he believed him who was able to raise the dead. He said, if God can defeat man's greatest enemy, the most seemingly final if God can raise the dead, God can do anything. And he said, this is an anchor, sure and steadfast for the soul, when the mind begins to question and reason, that reaches into that that is behind the veil. What was behind the veil? The Ark of the Covenant was behind the veil. The mercy seat, the lid on the Ark was behind the veil. The ark had in it certain items that represent his covenant with Israel behind the veil. But none of that made it so holy it became the most holy. It was because God was manifesting his person and his presence behind that veil. Can you say, man? 
And Abraham said, my faith is not just in the promise, but in the one who gave it. And what is anchoring my faith that I don't stagger at the promise is because of what I know about the person. Can you say man? So when faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, you initially go to the word of God to know this person who's made the promise. God's not just a promise maker. He's a promise keeper. And when everything else shakes, the steadfast and everything flows from his Hasid, his love, his kindness, his grace, and his mercy. Everything. Everything. Son of David comes from Hasid. He knew this. Blind Bartimaeus didn't just know Jesus was anointed to heal. He knew he was a man sent from God. He was representing God. He didn't know the fullness of that, but he knew the Hasid of God was indwelling Jesus Christ. Son of David, have Hasid. He knew the Hebrew. He knew the God of Abraham. He knew this God is a God of great kindness and great mercy. And I know he will hear my cry because of that mercy. How excellent is thy Hasid. How excellent is thy loving kindness. How excellent is thy steadfast love. Therefore, the sons of men put their trust under the shadow of your wing. That's the reason they trust you. Because they know who you are. And they know you will respond to them. You see, you've got to believe that God is, according to Hebrews 11, and that he is a rewarder. How do you know he's going to respond to you? When he sees my great faith. No, when you see his great faithfulness. When you see his great faithfulness, you won't need great faith. Because if your faith is in his faithfulness, in his person, in his hasid, <laughs> you, you could say to them, if it was like a mustard seed inside of you, well, you can't call that much of a force. If you had faith as the size of a grain of mustard seed, you can speak to the mountain. If you know that God wants it moved, you can tell it to move because you know God is faithful and God's love is steadfast towards you. Wow. How excellent is what? Your loving kindness, your Hasid, it's from that word. It's translated kindness, loving kindness, mercy, and grace. But it's from that one quality of God's person. And Jesus said, heretofore, you've asked the Father nothing in my name. See, he knew he was going to ascend to the Father. All right, what are you going to do when you can't run to Jesus to take care of it? He wanted to bring us into a relationship with God so we could have faith in in God. Heretofore, you've asked the Father nothing in my name. Ask that you might receive so that your joy might be full for the Father Himself loveth you. The Father Himself loveth you. Listen to this. I go to my Father and your Father. My God and your God, but my Father and your Father. And what did he pray for us to the Father? Father, I pray that they might... Father, you know how you're in me, and I'm in you. And together, we make one. We're one. I pray for all of my disciples from here forward, that they might be in us like I'm in you and you're in me. 
And oh, by the way, Father, since they're going to be in that kind of equal relationship through this reconciled work that I did for them. Father, in John 17, you know the love wherewith you have loved me? How many, can, how many will receive this by faith? Because if you try to chew it up, swallow it, and digest it, we're going to be here for a long time while you're chewing on this. Amen. You're chewing right now, just trying to. So I'm trying to. You're going to take. I'm going to have to chew on this. <laughs> Amen. And you can chew gum in class. It's okay because I can use it as an illustration. Amen. If I had some, I might chew it. Blow a bubble for an exclamation point. You know how I'm in you and you're in me. I want them to be in us just in that same kind of relationship. He said, Father, you know how you love me? You know how you love me? I pray that you will love them. John 17, the real Lord's prayer. It's the prayer for us, not the pattern prayer for us to pray. Separate those two. I want you to love them with the same love. Now, if you don't receive that by faith, you'll walk out of here with a revelation that will never become a realization to you. And it won't stimulate faith because you can say, you don't know me. Well, you know, I don't. I don't know the real you. Your husband don't, your wife don't, but somebody does. And the somebody that does loves you anyhow. Loves you in spite of yourself. Can't bless you if you're a rebel. Can't bless you unless you're reconciled. But he loves you with a steadfast love. And it's Christians trying to earn that from him. And we falter and we feel like we, we are unqualified. Peter disqualified himself. I go fishing. I'm no good to God anymore. I'll go back to my old vocation. But somebody, instead of threatening him with punishment and banishment, somebody loved him in spite of himself, in spite of his failure. And you know what? It brought the devotion that Peter never had before when he was loved when he didn't deserve it. When he saw that about God. Amen? He became a devoted follower of Jesus. The Bible doesn't say it, but... Historians tell us that when they took him to the cross to kill him for the sake of the gospel, he gladly went. But he said, I'm not worthy to be crucified as my Lord. Invert my cross. And it said they crucified him upside down. He died the same death. He died the same kind of agony. And he kept the faith even unto death after he had denied him openly. And what did Jesus do to gain that excellent is what? Thy Hasid. Amen. What did Jesus do to gain that devotion? Did he command him to be that devoted? You know, God says, thou shalt love me, and he doesn't apologize. We ought to love him like this. The first and great commandment is this, thou shalt love me. With all your heart, mind, soul, body, and strength, everything you are and everything you have. And nobody loves him because of that commandment. can't do it from the heart. So he stimulates the love to keep that commandment by first loving us like he loved us. 
And the Bible said we love Him because He says, you better love me. No, we love Him because He first loved us. And the devotion, listen to it, I beseech you by what? By the fact that God said you better love me, I beseech you, Romans 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy, Hasid, say it with me, Hasid, mercy, love, agape, it's all coming from the God who is love. I beseech you by the mercies of God, responding to the mercy of God that you offer your body, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. Amen. And be no more conformed, conform, pushed into the world's mold, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might exemplify, that you might prove what is that good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. But that deep devotion comes from a realization of who God is and how much He loves you. I beseech you by what? The commandment to love. No, by His mercy. By the mercies of God. By the, that's why the target of blind Bartimaeus' faith was not Jesus' anointing or his power. That, that was a given. That's not what stimulated his faith. Son of David, you got all power. No, son of David, have what? Everybody say Hasid. Have what? What did he appeal to? The mercy of God. The love, the steadfast love produces the mercy. And the steadfast love is the result of Hasid. And they knew it. They knew it very well. Amen. We're the people who don't get it very well. When I was growing up, if I didn't do good, I didn't... I. I I grew up in a home where, there, where my mom and dad divorced when I was 12. And they're all I had. I used to sit when I was just a child at an old screen door watching for my mama to come home from work. My daddy, when I was 12, had a nervous breakdown. I used to sit on the back porch and hold his hand like a child and pray for him that God would help him. My daddy never took me for a ride on a motorcycle, but I took him for a ride on my motorcycle. My dad was sick in body. I was sick. That spirit of infirmity tried to get on me. I remember waking up every night screaming. Waking up every night screaming. Having the same nightmare. I could detail it, but that's not necessary. But it was a repeated nightmare, and I would wake up screaming. I remember when Bob Green, who's with the Lord now, he went to be with the Lord a year or two ago. And, and uh, I remember when they came to our church the first time, the Holy Church of God, and their daughter would wake up screaming every night. And I remembered when I did that. Amen. Until God came into my heart at 12 years old. He set me free. I was having nerve problems when I was 12. Amen. But God set me free from all of that. And I remember praying over Sister Green's baby girl at that time. Amen. That God would deliver her from any kind of demonic oppression. That the devil would get his hands off of her. That she was God's property and they were God's property. And no more nightmares. No more screaming. Praise God. Jesus is 
Lord over all of that junk. Praise God. And there is freedom and there is deliverance with Him. And I'm a product of it. Hallelujah. Amen. And down through all of these years, when I was growing up, I had to try to earn the love. My mother grew up in a bad home, in a bad situation. She would work and do anything materially for you, but she wouldn't hold you or cherish you or make you feel like you were really wanted. She didn't know how to do that. It never happened with her. And it was rough when I couldn't live with my dad because he couldn't give me 35 cents for lunch at school. He had no money. He was sick. And it's almost like a spirit of infirmity and and then the nerve thing on top of that. But when God called me and God set me free, amen, from that day to this, he took to kind of a warped young man and he turned my whole life around. And I began to lean on him and look to him. Amen. I, I know people, we need people. We need each other. But when it comes to your anchor for your soul, you don't put it in a person. You don't put it in a preacher. You don't put it in your own a force within you. You put it in the Father's love for you and his commitment to you and his faithfulness because of his love. Let me give you a few pointers on Hasid before we have communion real quick. This word loving kindness is from Hasid. I really like the Amplified. I like the, a lot of the other translations. Most of them will render this your steadfast love. They'll do the same thing with mercy because it's coming from this word. And this word is not just a Hebrew word. It is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob's nature. It's his DNA. For we've known and believed the love that God has for us. For God is Hasid. Say it with me, Hasid. He is love. He don't just give love, grant love. He is the essence of love. What kind of love is this? It's not your kind. It's not my kind. Agape is coming from his nature. That's why it's supernatural. That's why it believes all things, endures all things. Never fails, praise God. It's steadfast. That's why blind Bartimaeus appealed to mercy and got a miracle. Can you say amen? One paraphrase reads, how eager we are to run under your wings. I'm just going to, for time's sake. Hebrew has a word for lifelong love that is richer and deeper than English has ever conceived of. Hasid, this little H-E-S-E-D, based on a covenant relationship. Hasid is a steadfast, rock-solid faithfulness that endures to eternity. When God's presence passed by Moses on Mount Sinai in Exodus 34, 6, God showed him his goodness. It's coming from Hasid. Showed him his kindness coming from Hasid. He was showing him more than the glory that he couldn't look upon, that bright white light. He was showing him something of his essence. 
himself. Jesus said, I, I've, I've been speaking to you in, in parables. When the Holy Ghost comes, he will show you plainly. He will t- Everything the Father has belongs to me. And he's going to take a mine and show it, S-H-E-W, communicate it to you. Amen. Heretofore you've asked the Father nothing in my name. Ask him in my name that you might receive, that your joy might be full. For the Father himself loveth you. He reconciled us to the Father so that we could cry, Abba, Father. And because we don't know the Father when he makes promises... We don't have an anchor for our soul and the reasoning and the logic and everything else kicks in. I don't feel this, so it's hard to believe this. I don't see this, so it's hard to believe this. Abraham didn't stagger at the promise because his faith was in the person, not the promise. Can you say, man, oh, don't just seek healing. Seek the healer. Blind Bartimaeus said, if I can get him to stop, healing is going to be mine, but i got to first appeal to that that gets his direct attention to me. Son of David. And he cried louder and louder and louder. And he knew about God's person enough from the old covenant to know Jesus is a man sent from him. And if he is who he says he is, he has Hasid. And what did Jesus do when he heard that cry? The Bible said he stopped dead in his tracks. People all over him, all around him, he singled him out and said, bring that man to me. I want to learn how to pray in a faith that stops Jesus in his tracks. Stops God. Listen, the eyes of the Lord is like radar. They run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the hearts that are perfect toward him. Amen. My, my victory today is because of his love for me that doesn't fail. It's because of the grace that comes from that love. Paul said it's all emanating from his person and who he is. Praise God. I am what I am by the grace of God. And the reason grace was made available is because of the Hasid that was in the person. Hallelujah. And here we are trying to look at somebody that's got a big house on a hill, driving a big car, got a big congregation talking about the force of faith. If you just get into this and that force comes in you. No, no, that's taking the glory from the Father. And it's saying, look what my faith has got me. I don't even like the, I don't, I don't even like the term for books that says mountain, how to develop mountain moving faith. Amen. It don't take a mountain of faith to move a mountain. It takes faith in a God with whom nothing is impossible. And a God who has set his love on you by covenant. By covenant. By covenant. So in Exodus 34, 6, he said, I'll cause my goodness to pass by you. And the glory was because of God's goodness. His loving kindness. It's Hasid here. It all goes back to it. Hallelujah. It's a descriptor par excellence of God in the Old Testament. The word speaks of a completely undeserved kindness and generosity done by a person who is in a position of power. 
This was the Israelites' experience of God. He revealed himself to them when they were not looking for him. And he kept his covenant with them long after their persistent breaking of it had destroyed any reason for his continued keeping of it. Didn't he say, return to me and I'll what? Oh, I will reject you because you shouldn't have left me in the first place. So what do you think you're doing? Amen. No. He said, return to me and what? I will what? Oh, I got a message for the backslider. Amen. Come on home. The Father will run to meet you. He will welcome you with open arms. He will restore, amen, what the canker worm and the caterpillar and the locust has eaten away from you. He'll restore the years to you. Praise God. Come home. Wouldn't it be great if we could get every backslider to come back to God and watch God come back to them and see the revival that that restoration would bring? Unlike humans, wow, isn't that an understatement? Unlike humans, this deity was not fickle. (laughs) I was complaining about something the other day, and one of the good brethren in this congregation said, well, Brother Venable, people are fickle. (laughs) And Brother Taylor says, that's true. People are fickle. I love you, Mike, but don't you cross me, brother. i drop you like a hot potato. I'm fickle. Amen. Honey, you don't need a God who is fickle when you're in a pickle. Can you say amen? You need a God who is faithful. Somebody say, I don't need a God who's fickle when I'm in a pickle. I need a God who's faithful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I've I've got good news for you. That's the kind of God we're serving today. Glory to God. Come back to me and see what happens. Come back to me and see what happens. Come back to me and see if I won't receive you. If I won't restore you. Come back to me and I'll come back to you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Unlike humans, this deity was not fickle undependable, self-serving and grasping. Instead, he was faithful, true, upright and generous always. That's Hasid. Hasid is Hasid in a person is that agape love. It's a bone-weary father who drives through the night to bail out his drug-addicted son out of jail. Hasid is a mom who spends day and thankless day spoon-feeding and wiping up after a disabled child. Or loved one. Hasid is an unsung pastor's wife whose long suffering, tearful prayers keep her exhausted husband from falling apart at the seams. Hasid is the love that can be counted on decade after decade. It's not about the thrill of romance, but the security of faithfulness. Deuteronomy 7. And eight says the Lord did not set, see the covenant and the Hasid. The Lord did not set, speaking to the nation of Israel. The Lord did not set his love on you. Set his love on you. Set his love on you. That means you didn't earn it. In fact, the Bible spoke of Israel at this time as being a, he didn't choose you because you're more in number, it goes on to say. But that he keep his covenant with Abraham. That meant he said his love by covenant. It's covenant love. You couldn't earn it. 
You can't earn salvation. It's because of covenant love. The blood covenant of Christ. He said you were a stiff-necked people. Why in the world would God want to demonstrate the strength of His covenant with a bunch of hard-headed, crazy, stiff-necked, rebellious people? You know why? You know why He chose the most unlikely and unlovable people to love? To show the kind of love He loves with. The Bible said nobody's surprised if somebody die for a good man. Peradventure for a real good man, some might even dare to lay down their life for. But God can commends his love, his hasid to us in that while we were yet. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And there's no greater love than a man would lay down his life. Listen to this. If he loved you that much while you, he couldn't save you. He couldn't bless you. Couldn't protect you and provide for you and keep you and seal you for heaven. But he loved you with all the love he had to give you. So when you become a Christian, don't try to earn what was yours before you even got saved. He couldn't express it to you, but he loved you. For God so loved the world. The fallen, filthy, rebellious, blasphemy, devil-inspired world that he gave his only begotten son and Jesus stayed on that cross for it. And what was his prayer because of Hasid? Father, forgive them. That's why there's going to be such a harsh judgment because how shall we escape such a great salvation as this? If we reject that kind of love, that kind of sacrifice, there's no more sacrifice for our sin, but a fearful looking for of judgment. Can you say man? But when you do get saved, quit trying to earn what was yours from the onset. Put your trust in him, in his steadfast love. Everybody say his steadfast love. But because the Lord loved you, you were the fewest of all people, but because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn to your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand, redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Hallelujah. God said it wasn't just my power. I released that power because I set my love on you. Hallelujah. How excellent is that? Oh, i got to read this and we'll quit. How, how late is it? Have we got time? If I get you out too early, you'll be spoiled rotten. So we'll take just a moment. <laughs> Psalm 136. Every time that the word Hasid is translated steadfast love, and that's why I love the English Standard Version of this, because it translated as they would have understood it. It says mercy in these verses. How bad does God want you to know about his Hasid so that you can put your trust under the shadow of his wings so that your faith can be anchored in his person, not just his power or his promise. So it can reach into that that is behind the veil and become an anchor. What? Because he's steadfast. In his love for you, your faith can be steadfast in his faithfulness to you. Can you say amen? Did you hear what I said? Your faith 
can be anchored so that you stagger not at His promises anymore. Amen? Because of what you know about His person. You never doubt His love. Even when you flub up, and you will flub up. I don't mean purposely sin. I don't mean the devil control you. I mean you will make missteps as a Christian in attitude and sometimes activity. And you will need to go before this God. And when you do, the devil will try to disqualify you from his love. Honey, he can't do it. He can't do it. It held him to the tree. It was all about you and me. He set his love upon us because of the blood of Jesus. Listen to this. Amen. Everybody say his steadfast love. Everywhere you see mercy, it is Hasid. It is his steadfast love. It's something in his person, in his very essence. It's his DNA. It's who he is. The father himself loveth you. And Jesus said, and I want you to love them like you love me. I don't want you to love them. God has no stepchildren. What manner of love is this? That we might be called the sons and daughters of God Almighty and cry Abba, Father, to him. He came to reveal the Father, to reconcile us to the Father, and for our faith to be in the Father's person and his steadfast love. So I'm going to read everywhere it says mercy from the English Standard Version. And every time I say his steadfast love endures forever, I want you to say glory to God. Can you pull that off today as we close? Are you glad for that? Are you happy about that? What kind of love is this that makes me want to what? Jump and shout. Turns my whole life inside out. You might get that itchy, get you feeling down in your soul before you leave here today. Hallelujah. Your faith might start working because it works by love. Are you in Psalm 136? Everywhere it says mercy, translated steadfast love and listen. Because that's what it's about. Not just mercy separated from God, but the Hasid that makes up God who is love. Give thanks unto the Lord for He's good and His steadfast love endures forever. Oh, that was a little weak, but we got plenty more of them. I'll give you many more chances. Amen. Amen. There's plenty more opportunity to agree in faith. Give thanks to the God of gods for His steadfast love endures forever. Yeah, that's it, sister. You'll get there. Just hang in here. There's plenty more. Give thanks unto the Lord of lords for his steadfast love. forever. To him alone does great wonders. Now, see, all of this is because of Hasid. The wonders, the miracles, the mercy, the grace, all of it. To him, him who alone does great wonders for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who by understanding made the heavens for his steadfast love. He made them for us. He didn't make them for himself. All that's for us. That moon's for you. That sun's for you. Those stars are for you because of his steadfast love. At my moon. 
Glory be to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Man trying to get to my moon. Isn't that something? They ought to send me up there. Plant my flag on it. Because of His love for me, that moon's sitting there. Because of His love for me, that sun is in the, in the sky. That firmament's for me to see the, His handiwork. Praise God and give Him glory. I don't know where you're, I don't know if you're getting this, but I got it. And I'm getting that itchy, get you feeling right now. Glory to God. To Him by understanding made the heavens, for His steadfast love endures forever. To him who spread out the earth above the waters for his steadfast love. You mean all of this was because of his seed? You mean the earth is for man? Heavens, he's, heavens are the Lord's, but he made earth for man because of his love for us. This All creation is because he loves us. All salvation is because he loves us. Verse 7, to him who made the great lights. Everybody say sun and moon. For his steadfast love endures forever. Told you it was mine and yours. The sun to rule over by day. For his steadfast love endures forever. The moon and the stars to rule by night. For his steadfast love endures forever. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, for his first, for his steadfast love endures forever. Who brought Israel out from among them, for his steadfast love endures forever. This is not just about power, is it? This is about a God who loves enough to release that power because of us. Hallelujah. His covenant to love us. With a strong hand and outstretched arm he did it, for his steadfast love endures forever. To, to him who divided the Red Sea in two, for his steadfast love endures forever. And made Israel pass through the midst of it, for his steadfast love endures forever. Boy, I think there's, is there any more or are we done? How many? There's a whole lot more? Oh, Lord, have mercy. I thought we were done. I'm going to do this for you because I know you're getting tired. I'm going to say the glory to God after it. But overthrew Pharaoh and the host in the sea for his steadfast love endures forever. Is he trying to... <laughs> you did <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. To him and led his people through the wilderness for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, for his steadfast love endures forever. And killed mighty kings, for his steadfast love endures forever. Sion, king of the Amorites, for his steadfast love endures forever. And Og, the king of Bashan, for his steadfast love endures forever. Everything he's done in behalf of his people to defend them, protect them, and provide for them is because his steadfast love endures forever. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Itchy, gitchy. Hallelujah. Down in my soul today. Everything. All of it. Oh, how did we shift it from God and His person to just promises on a page and the force of our faith instead of the faithfulness 
of our Father. He told Israel, I gave men for you. That's what this is talking about. He doesn't take the slaying of these enemies lightly, for his steadfast love endures forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A heritage to Israel, his servant, almost done for his steadfast love endures forever. It is he who remembered us in our lowest state, for his steadfast love endures forever. And rescued us from our foes, for his steadfast love endures forever. Who gives food to all flesh. For his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. For his steadfast love endures forever. I believe God wants your faith to be anchored in his Hasid which is in his very essence, his person. Not in his power, but in the faithfulness that comes from who he is. Jesus said something about every parable that's in your Bible and when the Holy Spirit would come. He said, the time is coming when I will never again speak to you in parables. A lot to be learned from the parables, but we're supposed to be in a situation spiritually where God doesn't have to use word stories to convey spiritual truth. Holy Spirit wasn't just given to give you a liver shiver on Sunday morning so you can say, come tie my bow tie and be part of the elite of Pentecostalism. The Holy Spirit was given to bring revelation knowledge. Flesh and blood didn't reveal this, but my Father, and He did it through the Holy Spirit. God grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who? In the knowledge of Him. Hallelujah. That you might know the hope of your calling, the riches of His inheritance in the saints, and the power to us who believe, but it's all about the knowledge of Him. And we're talking about who He is. So Jesus said, the time is coming. I'll no longer talk to you in parables. But I'll show you plainly of my Father. Amen? I'll show you plainly. Because everything the Father has belongs to me. And I'll take of mine, my understanding and revelation of Him, and I'll show it to you. And you'll know Him like I know Him. You will know him like I know him. It's revelation and wisdom in the knowledge of who? Of him. Hallelujah. That all of this comes. And we're sitting without revelation. Quoting scriptures we've quoted for years without understanding. And our faith is easily shaken. Because it's not anchored into that that is behind the veil. seeking anymore we just rattle off a bunch of promise scriptures to people living in defeat living in depression 
living without the victories that are provided and promised by his Hasid for you and me. To us are given exceeding great and precious promises. Hallelujah. Bible said they obtained promises. And because they obtained promises in Hebrews 11, out of weakness they were made strong. Waxed valiant in fight and won the battle, put the armies of the aliens to flight because they were able to obtain what the love of God has provided by promise to us. What would happen if you and I obtained every promise? They were waiting on the day of Pentecost for the promise of the Holy Spirit. They didn't move because His steadfast love abides forever. They knew if, if we leave here, we're going to break faith, but if we stay here, God's going to keep His promise. And 120 of them toughed it out. <laughs> Hallelujah. They toughed it out. And just as sure as God promised it, there came a sound from heaven like a mighty... See, if you get anchored in this, there's no time limit. You don't put limits. You don't get so impatient you're ready to give up on God because you believe He's given up on you. If you know He's not given up on you, you'll never give up on Him. The devil wants to tell you when time passes, He's give up on you. He won't honor your faith. He's a liar and the father of it, for His steadfast love abides forever. Hallelujah. As we receive communion this morning, closing. I said something last week. I'm going to reiterate it. I am never going to go back to some little. It's not a matter of pride. God deserves more honor than we can give him. In a little run down junk for Jesus room. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm not looking for that. God's too, God's better than that. God's bigger than that. What we're bringing here is more important than that. The devil would tell us, see, ain't nobody coming. Why don't you just go back and get something like you had, some little something out by the road and put it way back off the road and go down dirt road to find it and be glad you're there and just sit there till I come and, and just, you know, no, 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 no. And it's not a matter of pride. I'm not too I'm not too too big to minister to a little church on the corner but I'm not too little not to minister to the nations of the world hallelujah 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 do you do you know where I'm coming from I don't want to compete with the mega church. I don't want to compare to that church that offers all of these things to entertain everybody at every age so you can hook up with somebody if you're a uh, I understand. Go to a go to one of the meetings where they have you know couples coming together and find a good Christian person to date if you're single. Amen. We can't provide that. We're either married or don't want you. Amen? I mean, let's tell it like it is. <laughs> I would not, like the lady that said, you know, I got a, two old men were trying to date this same old lady. Thank God we have no old ladies here. We have senior citizens, but no old ladies. And, uh, but anyway, they were both trying to, you know, get her to go to dinner with them. 
And she said, she finally got tired of it. She stood up and said, I got to say something. It's biblical. It's right out of the Bible. And when I say it, you'll know who I'm talking to. And it was the scripture, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. She misquoted it a little bit and said, I would not have you ignorant, brethren. Anyway, just, just so you know how things can operate in Pentecostal circles sometimes. God wouldn't have you to be ignorant either, brethren. That's why Paul said, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he would grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Him who? Of God the Father and of Jesus Christ who showed us God the Father. Amen. That your faith not stand. Paul said, my preaching was not in the enticing words of man's wisdom. The Holy Spirit was at work, but it was in a demonstration of spirit and power. And I don't want you to see miracles, charismata, healings, prophecies, interpretations, or people falling out. It was not that kind of power. It was the power of the Holy Spirit to reveal this truth about him to the people he was ministering to. Why? How do you know that? So that your faith would not stand when I was with you. I was with you in weakness, fear, and much trembling. That your faith would not, and not the enticing words of man's wisdom. So that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And the power of God was the Holy Spirit supernaturally bringing revelation knowledge of him to those who were listening. Praise God. And they that know their God will be strong and do exploits. And that's what the book of Acts was all about. Praise God. Hallelujah. Do you know a little more about Hasid than when you came in? Every time you see mercy or grace, are you going to think about God and not just a concept or a precept? Is your faith going to reach around behind that veil and get anchored in the Lord who sent his son and the son who stayed on the cross? Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you something. We're about to raise up some people who cannot be shaken because we have an anchor sure and steadfast. And when the shaking's over, we'll be standing, because he's standing by us, standing with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why the devil wants to put us in the smallest setting we can be in. Take away the vision of reaching anybody but people who decide to come down and pay us a visit. Amen. And just shut this ministry down where miracles can and will occur if we keep pursuing God, where warriors are going to be raised up among you. Some of you are going to become mighty warriors for God. You know why? Because as your faith develops in his person, he's going to release his power in you. Hallelujah. And you interceded today. We have come into this thing. God is now in this thing. Hallelujah. Hopelessness has turned to hopefulness in that situation. 
Can you say, man, warriors are being raised up. Prayer warriors are being raised up in this place. Amen. Because through faith they obtained promises. Out of weakness. Do you feel the weakness? Out of weakness. They were made strong. Waxed valiant in the fight. Can you see yourself leading as a vanguard with a mighty sword and shield? Hallelujah. Against the hordes of the enemy and saying, you know something? If I was out here by myself, I'd be running the other way. But I'm not out here by myself. And this sword is his word. And this this shield is faith in his love and watch care over me. Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. Do you get the shield of faith uh, uh, is about a person and not a force? So when your faith shakes, your shield is still up because his steadfast love, (laughs) hallelujah, abides forever. Glory to God. Amen. So if you want spiritual pablum, there's plenty of servant churches that have done, served it up, burped them and sent them home. Amen. But when you hit a crisis that only God can come through, you need some meat. You need to grow. You need the challenge. You need the change. And you need somebody that's been through the deepest, darkest valleys that you can walk through and come through and can stand and tell you something about this God who loves you that much that you can trust Him unequivocally through every part of your life. Somebody's going to get a hold of this And God's going to raise you up. He's raising up an army. I believe that with all of my heart. So I'm not here to entertain. But Lord knows there's plenty of it. They can hold your attention for one hour. Nat's eyebrow of 12, it's overdone so you can go have some fun. Do something worthwhile with the rest of your Sunday. We got Bible teachers that don't have a revelation, but they know some scriptures. They can give you promises that only Jesus and the Holy Spirit can reveal a person to you. And flesh and blood didn't do it for Peter. And flesh and blood can't do it for you. We have an unction from the Holy One. Hallelujah. God is good today. I'll never go back. I will never go back. I will never go back. Casting pearls. Casting pearls. Casting pearls to those who have absolutely no appreciation for it. Bible said not only will they appreciate it, they'll bite you. They'll bite you who's trying to help them. I don't have time. I've been gnawed on enough. (laughs) Can you say, man? I've been gnawed on enough. I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm not going back. We have something precious to give. I'm not going to treat it like people have treated it. I'm not going to gauge my ministry by how many people honor it and respect it. 
God sent me to Tampa. I wasn't hired. I don't run when the wolf comes. That's why I'm still here. But I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I'd rather preach one sermon that somebody can get a hold of and run with than preach to a thousand people that just sit and look at me. And you know why you're here and I'm here and we're hooked up right now? Because God has faith in me to bring his message as if this place was full and running over. Not to preach some little message. I go home, watch TV. You can go home and go to the mall or movie or whatever. No, no. This is the last day in gathering. My eyes are on the fields. For they are white unto harvest. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I want to invest what's left of my life in ministry in that that will bring fruit for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. 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 So we'll never go back, Mike, to some. I'm not looking for some little building. Boy, that's a good deal. If I, I looked at a church. You had to get off a of 301, go down a dirt road to another dirt road. Go down that dirt road to another dirt road and down that road to the church. And I thought, we could grab that church, but nobody could find it. You'd have to have satellite, GPS, to be able to find it. But it's affordable. And I thought, no, 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 no. Never, ever, ever again. It's the last day. I want to sow where fruit can come. Right here is a lady that has come under this ministry. God has turned her, the steadfast love of the Lord has turned her whole life inside out. I want to see more of that happen. (laughs) Can you say amen? Praise God. And you know what her mama said, and she will agree. It's the Word. It's It's not the big production. It's the Word that did it. Because the Word was made flesh, and it was Jesus. Hallelujah. You can't separate the two of them. Glory be to God. Well, would you, would you sit where you are? And I need two people to help serve communion if you'll come and help us.